As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's jam-packed episode of The Glue Guys, Brian and I are going to discuss that fantastic game of the year. Hawks, Nets, Nets victory. We'll figure out if the Nets are back. Wow. Your emails, so many great emails, netspot.gmail.com, and news around the league. Wow, Brian, it's like a it's like an old show to yeah, represent the, the jerseys of the Nets. A classic glue, guys. A classic episode. Coming right up. Before we get started on today's show, this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Here, say hello, hello. Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetSailing.com, The Athletic, and by the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash Glue Guys. Michael, give it to me. Let's go. Let's go. The Nets are back. Does it feel that way? Doesn't it? Doesn't it just. Is that Howard Deaning? You going full Howard Deaning? We're in Michigan? Yeah. Going to Ohio? The Nets are back. <laughs> does it feel that way? Do you it want does. that louder? Do you want it more in your no, ears? That's, 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 <laughs> that was the perfect. The Nets are back. Jeez. Content warning for people. You got to warn people. <laughs> um, hey, that was a game, Mike. That was a game, buddy. You were there. Tell people what, what was the environment like. Uh, it was turnt, man. It was good. It was turnt on a Wednesday. Um, it was vibey. I will say that. Like, I was. it was hard to... My takes on this are going to be just pretty dumb and hot because, like, you know, when you're... When you're in the in the zone like that, you can't really your your analysis drops way off, and you're and you're just in your feels. You're just feeling the vibe. You're vibing out. You have the as you say, you have the Jim Beam in your bootstrap. That's right. That's right. And you're paying those fourteen dollar Miller Lights. Exactly. And you're and you're you know you're focused. It's an energy thing. It's more of a love energy <laughs> thing that you're focused on than uh, X's and O's. Um, but it was great. It's good stuff, Mike. You watched. Oh my gosh. It, I mean. 
I, Brian and I, yesterday for The Athletic, we did a live audio. The Athletic has a new feature where, you know, it's like Clubhouse or any of those sort of live audio things. So we were doing a live audio pregame show in a way Mm -hmm. where we discussed the upcoming Hawks matchup. And I was boldly saying, besides the the game, the season opener against the Bucks, this Hawks game was the biggest game. It was bigger than than the Heat game to me, because after losing the Heat game, the Nets needed to play another playoff team and and beat them and and play well and prove themselves. Yeah, and they played the best they played all year. Yeah, the ball was moving, whipping, popping, whipping. It was, and Joe Harris said whipping this in the post game uh, with Michael Grady when he had the post game interview was that. You know, Grady was like, because Joe Harris had his best game of the year and said, Joe, you know, what contributed to that? And it was basically people making the extra pass. And it, and it was true. It's I know it's a cliche, but the ball was moving. Patty Mills, LaMarcus Aldridge, Joe Harris, Javon Carter, all the role players much more involved in this game than in previous. Bembry, the mm. Bembry heads are coming out. Yeah, the member heads should be coming out. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I'll have to go back and watch it super closely, but my feeling was when, because like James Harden didn't start off having a great game, um, and my feeling was that kind of changed. But at one point, I mean, if I could just attribute it, like I, I do think that he's sort of the engine of this um, of this Magic the Gathering deck, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, when, when he is gravity, a gravity-absorbing, uh, you know, super planet when he's Jupiter, right, and not not a small planet that doesn't not sure. not Pluto. Um, it it Pluto's matters. Not a planet, but so bad. They example. go they go back and forth on that. I feel like they go back and forth. It's, I have, and I've canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've canceled fair, it. fair. Uh, but when he's actually pulling it's gravity, CK of planets, and getting sorry. attention from more than one defender in an offensive set, it actually really truly opens up the metaverse yes. to us. Um, and allows for like. The necessary distance for um, <laughs> for Blake Griffin to actually get a little daylight and and shoot his crusty three, which started to fall, and you know that among so many other positive things um, are allowed to happen just once that one domino falls. That's that was sort of my my experience, but I don't know if you agree with that. No, I mean Grady said, and I'm going to reference Michael Grady a lot here, I guess, but the Nets had 34 assists on 43 made baskets, so what 75% of the shots that they made from the floor were assisted, which is a really high percentage, which proves out the theory that they were sharing the ball. It was less ISO heavy and like it's So it's a great one game thing. It is still hard. I mean, when you have Kevin Durant and James Harden, you're going to fall into the ISO thing, but this game showed, I don't know if it's the ceiling. Cause I even think they could go to a higher level. Like Blake could have played better. He was two for nine from the field. Uh, you know, there, there's still like some extra room for them to grow, but this was like where they should be if they're operating at full efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. They had Kevin Durant had a great game. He was, <laughs> he was so God, he is so good at basketball, yeah, Brian. It's pretty ridiculous. I, I was talking about, we this, actually don't talk about it enough. I was talking like about this with, with George, with, with GW and I, we George were, Dekai. we were sort of thinking about, <clears throat> cause like when you're watching enough, I feel like we've watched enough Kevin Durant to have it kind of be like normal, you know, and it's, and that's, a, and that's, <laughs> and that's a problem. But like the way that he, um, 
the way that he just like when he decides to shoot is really interesting because like he doesn't really need to be that open, you know, like, so it's, it's sort of, it seems sort of arbitrary. It's like, I guess I'll, you know, I'm, I'm good enough here. Like, I'll just pull it from here, I guess. <laughs> you know, like there is a, there is like a, it must be so fun to be Kevin Durant playing basketball just cause it's like, you know, it really like, I just like, eh, I, could I go a little bit closer? Probably. I don't know. What doesn't matter. You know, I'll just shoot from here <laughs> and like mostly make it. Yeah. Well, and then the, to then to make the decision. Actually, on this time, I'm going to go all the way to the basket yeah. and just dunk. Yeah, I feel just like I have a, I feel like a dunk coming on. You know, and just go do that. <laughs> it's like I do. Yeah. So I do want to say, and I and I don't have the statistics in front of me quite yet, and I could look them up, but you know that would really slow down the show and bog it down. I remember last year when we were trying to analyze whether Kevin Durant is fully back, right? And one of the key indicators was. How often is he dunking during the game? How how big of a percentage of his shots are dunks or shots at the rim, right? Mm -hmm. And what is his successful percentage of those shots? And if you're recovering from injury, you're much less likely to go to the bucket. This year, he's been going to the hole getting there to a much greater degree than last year. He's not like he's not doing it to get fouled. He's doing it to dunk the ball in people's faces. Uh, you know, is he full? Is he like hundred percent fully back? Right. It almost doesn't matter at this point. This is who he is. And what he is, is, um, <laughs> you know, the, like, is he the best player in the NBA? I'm sure we could talk about that all year. He's the most devastating offensive force in the NBA. I don't think that's a question. Right. And like the most easily sort of fittable offensive piece where Giannis is this bull with the ball and he'll miss 10 shots in a row, but he'll continue to attack the rim. And that's what makes him great is that he's relentless and like the Uber athlete that he is where Durant is skill length. Just there's nothing that is, that will ever stop Kevin Durant from shooting the ball and getting a pretty good look at the rim, as you were just saying. So God, he was so good. This team, Joe Harris had his by far his best game. He was so confident mm. from three. Mm. There was just real like, and, and he was open. There's multiple times when he had a wide open three and not even Joe Harris. We got James Harden had at least two, Wide open looks from three when the ball moved to him. Yeah, I mean that's how much they were moving the ball in this game. That Joe Joe Hart, James Harden is getting open looks. It was just a it was a delightful game. It, it was is. it was what you wanted to see. Um, yeah, from this Nets team that had been struggling a little bit this year. Do you want to? The mailbag is primarily about net stuff. Do you want to do that and then let's let's dive right in. Let's get let's there. Dive right in. Um, let's see if we could pull this off, Mike. Yeah. First up, cheer boy. Ryan, a.k.a. Debronx in the Discord. We did it, Mike. I feel like that was locked in. This is an old, this is a classic Glue Guys I, episode. We're bringing yeah, back now all I'm going to have to like reset it and it's just going to start playing again. And <laughs> like, I'm just going <laughs> to let it play out. I'm just going to all of them play out. That the, the system that Brian and I are using is something that you would have like got it onto your Mac computer when you're in school playing Oregon Trail. Yeah. This sound effect system is, is from that era. Okay. Uh, but it's, it sounds fantastic. The golden so, yes. era. Um, Who are we talking to here? This is Ryan, a.k.a. DeBronx and the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. Um, Discord. Sup, boys. Can you guys, can you give me three good reasons? <laughs> so we're going, so here we are. We're shaving off, you know, we start with <laughs> positives. But now Come this on. is in classic Nets fan um, uh, tradition. We're going to, we're going to needle. Uh, and he says, can you give me three good reasons? Javon, <laughs> baby TLC Carter should be getting minutes over cam. And <laughs> so what's good about this is that there is 
Cam standing baked into it, right? It's not just like Javon Carter for anybody. It's specifically for my guy, Cam. Um, well, Mike, what do you say? Do you want to do you want to take that on? I mean, Javon Carter's. I think well, he's, he's he's finally in he's, the positive PER territory. He's trimming he the fat. He's trimming, you know what it is? He's he has noted that he's like maybe I should not shoot this one extra shot. You know, <laughs> that, put, that puts me into the negative because um, I saw a little bit more restraint from him last night, and maybe we can build on that um i'm not i'm not to <laughs> build on the restraint <laughs> built on that restraint you should act like a puritan yeah. in like new england times yes. like around the salem witch trials is that i don't know if any of that's accurate but he sure. should be a puritan he should be a puritan um i i think that's that's not incorrect actually be, he should be a puritan in terms of being like a defense first somewhat offensive initiator but almost never finisher in terms of his usage almost <laughs> never not not that i'm not feel, we're laughing because it feels so sad it, say, say, it feels but, sad yes. but just until we see a little bit more like comfort level less less uh force but anyways we don't i mean you know to answer well, no, no 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 let's let's bring the true uh statistics here so if people want to know what javon is doing he's averaging 1.1 points per game two rebounds and 1.4 assists his per was negative until he had the monster game against the Pistons where he scored eight points. Um, so now he's at a 2.85 PER, not, not great. Um, as, as not, not great, Bob, but <laughs> he only played six minutes in the Hawks game. Yeah. And, and I do wonder, I know this isn't a direct correlation, but Bruce Brown played 31 minutes. Bruce Brown got full starter minutes. Not that he just started. He got full starter minutes and Bembry, got 15 minutes in the game. And I know that Javon Carter's more is a pure ball handler point guard and Bembry's a wing. But if Patty Mills is out there, which he is going to guarantee he's guaranteed about 20 minutes a game himself. You don't always need to play Javon Carter as well, particularly in the James Harden, Patty Mills lineups. And Javon Carter had been out there in the Patty Mills, James Harden lineups. So, and, and Bembry is, has gotten a little bit more, a little bit more playing time as we going on. I, he had his best game of the year uh, against the Hawks. 15 minutes playing D on Trey Young. You know, the, the thing that Javon Carter brings, if one of the three reasons that we're going to call out is he's the defense guy. He's the the pest, the Pat Beverly archetype. And the thing about Pat Beverly is that he is able to um, shoot threes and he's always been able to score enough to justify being on the floor and being mainly about defense. Javon Carter isn't that so far this year. I think why is he still getting minutes over Cam Thomas? I think it's going to be interesting. I think what if they get to a game where Harden is sitting, they're going to pull the Cam Thomas parachute out, right? Don't you think like Cam Thomas is like they're just letting him stew yeah. sort of on the bench a bit. And then when they really need someone who can run an offense and get buckets, Cam Thomas is going to be unleashed on the world. Yeah. I mean, I think that the like paying your dues stuff is going to go on for a while longer for sure like i don't i don't even know that if, if james harden for whatever reason got, was stacking dmps tomorrow like that would that camp thomas is the next most plausible person off the bench for him um do you, do you want we kind of joked about this a couple episodes ago but would you put camp thomas in over javon carter like right now would you if you were steve nash if you freaky friday with steve nash would you would you insert Cam Thomas into Javon Carter's minutes? I just think that they're different. They're two different players. Like two, yeah. like T O O. Um, 
too to sort of like think that that that's a <laughs> um, that they're that that would be the the because you know, like instead of TWO, you know, two yeah. different players, they're just they're they're very different. Um, and so I don't think that that's like the person that gets subbed out. I'm trying to think of who like their microwave guy Patty off the bench. Mills. Basically, it's Patty Mills. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> If Patty got hurt or if he was sitting for some games, I think maybe you I see think that's more, more accurate. Game. Yeah, I hate to say it, but that does feel more correct. That we're going to be, you know, this Javon Carter experiment seems to be, you know, it's it's waning a little bit right now um, in favor of Bembry, who I think is really eating into his minutes. That's that's really the guy that's been been doing J- Javon uh, his minutes damage. Um, the thing with Javon, his defense is good. Like I, I could. I, even though it's, I think it's better than, so part of what I like about the makeup of this bench unit is that there's many more players on the, this current Nets team than the one last year who like really defense is the thing they do. Bembry is the thing. That's what he does. Javon Carter, Paul Millsap more at this career is more about being smart on defense than doing anything on the offensive end of the floor. Javon Carter, if he continues like never to be able to shoot, yeah. it's going to make it really hard to like. Teams are just not going to respect his shot at all. And yeah. he's going to be wide open. to be and, some kind of a threat. Um, and he kind of wanted to prove. He, he, he kind of like puffer fished to, in the beginning of the season. He was like, I am a, I am a threat. Watch out. And I was like, all right, we'll see. And then he went <laughs> and then he went back to being a normal fish. Um, but good. yeah, good. Next up, cheer boy. That's Corey Cantor. Man, it just feels it just feels right having this Cena drop back. Um, so he's got multiple questions. Um, I'll I'll go through them quick. We can go one. So first of all, dear glue guys, always love your pods. So sending a note. So thank you for the love. Um, loving you back. One has Joe Harris gotten better at defense and rebounding this year? He was awesome during the Atlanta game. Michael, is, no. Okay, he isn't. He's got he's <laughs> he's been one of the worst defensive players. Wow, and his rebounding is is about the same. He was awesome during the Atlanta game. So maybe this is him turning it around a little bit. Uh, but he's been bad so far this year. Two, favorite new bench guy <laughs> this far in. I've always loved Patty, but Bembry has been a lot of fun. Uh, from the games played, what's your take? I mean, obviously we've been, you know, singing well, the, the, the Bembry gospel, but but LaMarcus continues to. Number um, one. And and then he's added a new dimension to his game last night in shooting some threes. It's been shot um, four threes, which is the most all year. He hit two of them. Yeah, looks good from there. He's getting more comfortable. The dart throwing dinosaur is getting more and more comfortable from three. And I said this on Twitter: if he in fact can add that, like if he shoots, I think it's possible forty percent from three because he's going to be wide open and he's so good from mid range. There's no reason why. From three, he hasn't won't doesn't have that ability. If he can start hitting threes and starts taking them where he feels kind of comfortable, and again, just four a game would be enough. Uh, that's gonna make the Nets bench units extremely hard to guard. Cause your boy Lamarcus is gonna be supplying a lot of points. He's gonna be pouring it in from deep. So Lamarcus number one, Patty Mills number two. I mean, it's probably I mean, I do love myself Bembry right now. Like Bembry has been Watching him in uh, in person too, he's. I mean, I, we've talked about this, but he's he's way fast. He's like a fast, super athletic. Um, Bembry, yeah, and Not Lamarcus Bembry, no, no, no. Uh, and he uh, he just looks. I mean, like if I'm, you know, I, I've talked about it, but his fluidity, his athleticism, natural body control is is way better than most like kind of three and D guys. Not that he's even a th- three guy, but D guys. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so super duper stoked on on Bembry for sure. Uh, next yeah. up, three. Does the fan base, does the Nets fan base overrate Clax? <laughs> I tend to think so a little. Hasn't shown he can stay in game shape. We've talked about that pretty extensively. Um, but I, mean, I, I think that's an entire podcast. Does yeah. the fan base overrate Clax? <laughs> so, yes. I mean, there's yes. definitely like Clax stands. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's, it makes sense. I mean, there's, you know, there's some hopes and dreams riding on Claxton at the moment, and he's having a hard time. Uh, did they ship him off hard. to like get in Shape Island or something? Is that where he is? Is this, are these DNPs <laughs> like non-COVID illness? Like you need to go like sit on a Peloton? Is that? Well, we've joked about this before, but it's like that that nowhere land in Dragon Ball Z where you just train mm-hmm. and time goes by in a minute, but you're there for a the year. The hyperbolic chamber. Yeah, and you're just there training, training, training in the cloud land. Uh, that's where Claxton needs to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, this, the illness, the, the unknown illness, that's not COVID-19 and maybe COVID-20 at this point, Brian, who knows, uh, uh, he's just continually sick. So he is a young man. I, I think we forget that he's 22. And I don't know if you remember what it's like to be 22, but you're still a baby. I was, you know, I was still hardy at 20. Actually, I remember in, when I first, <laughs> first moved to New York, I got food poisoning and the flu, like maybe five times in, in like five months. Like it was just like constantly getting annihilated. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it was like, sub, just... you know, subway, you know, it was the first time we're in the subway a lot and, <laughs> and uh, not washing my hands. So, you know, how it is. Um, f- and four, Mike, can get your drops ready yeah. for this one. Finally, just going to say it. The Nets are back. The Nets are back. Beautiful. Well done. Next up. Thank you, Corey. Cheer boy. Aaron Fever. You had an amazing email address, which we won't dox, but amazing. (laughs) Uh, Hey, boys. First off, enjoy your fantasy lead uh, this week. Smelts won't last long. Guess you're playing Aaron Aaron, in fantasy. I thought you already have. You're already on top of me on fantasy. My fantasy team but. sucks. By the way, if you guys aren't in the Discord, you don't know that Mike and I have a two-conference fantasy extravaganza going on right now, <laughs> and you're missing out because... With our people. With the people. That's you know, where the, the true Glue Nation um, convenes on a daily basis. So link to the Discord. It's an invite in the Twitter bio. And also, if you're on YouTube, it's in the details and- below. If if people don't know what Discord is, yeah, it's just a, people... it's a it's a big chat app where basically all the my you know I spend pretty much all day just have it on the on the second monitor and you know people just come in and it's like a big chat room for for nets. There's also you can hop in voice channels and you know screen sharing channels and all kinds of fun stuff. So big big recommend it um, in general, but also for the Glue Guys Discord. Secondly, it has been a hot topic on the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. Who is the most handsome net? We need you both to weigh in and give us mm. your top five. Mm. Confirm that it is not Patty Mills. <laughs> wow. What does the Patty Mills hate? Um, this is an interesting one. I'll give you my top two. Uh, this is the way I sort of think about it. Like, you know, I am um, a, het, a het cis male. So I have like my, you know, the people who are actually super attracted to, to dudes tell me that Nick Claxton is, is, a, is, a, is a cute bro. Um, but then for me personally, like who I want to, who I want to give big, like man hugs to is, um, is James Harden. I did. I want to, I want to, I want to do, I want to horseplay, you know, I want to, you know, <laughs> I want a rough house with James Harden. That's how I communicate that, that, uh, just, it's more of like a body thing, you know, I just want to give a flying chest bump, you know? Um, I guess for me, I mean, Nick Claxton just is like a beautiful human. Like he, I get that. I get the, the vibe. Kessler Edwards. Very handsome, I feel like. You've I like been, you've been big on Kessler. 
his like whole like far. West Coast vibes. Yeah, he was on my fantasy team for very long. Um, Patty Mills, beautiful human. Um, the ugliest net. No, um, <laughs> he won't do that. Yeah, and, and I'll give uh, one shout out to Bruce Brown, friend of the show. I don't know how handsome he is, but have you? He looks a little more built this year. Sort Brian. of like he, handsome. He's he's more. He's like a pug. You know, he's sort of like he's got he's giving <laughs> pug pug vibes. Um, next, very handsome. Up, Handsome team. Yeah. Come on. Just all the way around. And Kevin Durant. I love, you know, love love the way Kevin Durant looks. He's got a little puggishness, too. Next up, cheer boy. That's Jason from Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, when people actually sign off with something different, I try to respect it. You know, not giving all yes. the Christian names, but what can you do? Anyways, hey, guys. Loving the energy I'm seeing from this team, especially on the defensive side. Um yes. And then what do you think changes when Nick Claxton comes back? We can get to that. Uh, a lineup of Clax, LaMarcus, Katie, Bembry, slash Bruce, slash Mills, slash Harden seems absolutely wild. And I hope we see some minutes. Please discuss which of those lineups give you the warm and fuzzies. Um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. So we've talked about this, and I think that my um, the, the analogy that I'll use to describe how we've been playing uh, Bruce Brown to start the first quarter and then taking him out pretty quickly after for Patty Mills, I'm calling this the pyrotechnics. This is the first quarter pyrotechnics to, to you know, light up the stage a little bit with Bruce Brown's energy and then quickly get back into our more spacey offensive plans that we have. Um, so, I mean, my... I love all the Bruce Brown minutes. I I am seeing no flaws in having him, especially in moments where we're feeling lackluster. It's just a, a, a jolt. We've talked about the Fast and the Furious, nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide? I don't know. Nitri nitrous oxide. NOS. Yeah. NOS. The NOS tank. He's it's the blue, it's he's a blue the, aluminum tank. He's the NOS tank. Um so but so I, I like that part of the rotation. Yes. Um I like uh yeah, I mean, I can't really. I mean, we we haven't seen enough like consistency in terms of the combinations to have like my you know who are the who are the bang bros. Um, but you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta love my Bruce Brown minutes and Bembry minutes. I like having them staggered. Don't need too too many of that for for spacing issues. Um, especially if James Harden comes back and starts being more spacey. Um, I I like that. So I don't know where do you, where do you land on all this? Well, I have like two different answers, and they both accomplish two different things. And it's like high low pizza. It's like DeFaro's pizza. There's the DeFaro's pizza lineup, which is like, you know, the top end, high end, special experience. This would be the, the lineup I would close a game with. So it's it's Durant, it's Harden, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, and Joe Harris. So you have, you know, I consider LaMarcus a shooter, even though three-point shooting is new to him relatively. He's the best, he's like the best mid-range shooter in basketball right now. That's all spacing. That's deadly shooters everywhere. If Harden and Katie are cooking, you're going to create an open shot for Patty Mills or Joe Harris or LaMarcus Aldridge. It's an extremely tough lineup to defend. Maybe on the other side of the floor, it's pretty weak. Mm. But I'm going to feel confident that at least offensively, any got, like you're going to get an open shot on every possession, and the chances of that open shot going in is great. And then my Domino's Pizza lineup okay is the Bembry Javon Carter Paul Millsap James Johnson Bruce Brown like mush and gush mm. the 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 tough Domino's, guy lineup the Domino's pizza the the big shoulders sharp elbows people everyone's <clears throat> jam-packed running on the floor bouncing into each other um 
and and no one's scoring points. No one on the other team and no one on the Nets is scoring any points. I like to see both lineups. Like I like sort of <laughs> the extreme examples of both. Uh, I do think at the closing of games, and we've already seen it, LaMarcus is the big man who close, who will be closing games as long as he's you know out there and healthy. Because he I, Blake has gotten a lot of closing minutes still. Um, they still really value what Blake does. He hasn't been shooting the ball well at all this year so far. But in, even in that Hawks game, Blake got 31 minutes, and he only had seven points. He was two for nine from the field. But he had seven rebounds, five assists. He got a, another charge. Of course he did. Um, you know, I, I think they they really still like what he brings out on the floor. LaMarcus is, you know, the better one. So, you know, there's still... What's fun about this season, Brian, is mm. we're still we're still figuring out what, what our tastes are, right? True. Like, we still don't know exactly what we like. And we haven't talked much about Paul Millsap at all, who feels like the much more um, yes. ready replacement for if we ever wanted to replace some of Blake's minutes, which I don't necessarily need to or want to yet. Um, but yeah, that, I don't think they will. <clears throat> but that uh, that decision could still be looming to some extent. Um, Michael, that is the emails that I selected. Thank you to everybody else that we didn't get to. Um, we'll be doing more of this now that we we get our drops going. So like things are things are firing on all cylinders now, Mike. Um, well, so well, I have a special email from Cheerboy Mike Smeltz. Brian, I just introduced you, myself. You, Here's an email. You emailed Brian. yourself. Yeah, I'm emailing. I'm emailing this to you. Okay. Hey, what happened to uh, the Glue Guys YouTube page a couple of days oh. ago? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know what happened, man. Uh, we got we got nuked from orbit for like for no good reason by YouTube in the middle of the night. It was a very strange thing, Mike, on a potentially divisive episode about Kyrie Irving's Morpheus meme. So posting. yeah, let's let's really set the scene because not everyone understands that our YouTube page had went away for 24 hours. Yeah. So. Uh, what did we do? We did a podcast on Monday or Tuesday. This would be well, it was Monday. It doesn't matter. Whatever the most yeah. recent episode was, right? Right. We did the whole little bit at the end, which I thought was good and respectful and not at all ridiculous, uh, where we analyzed uh, Kyrie Irving's Instagram, his most recent Instagram posts, including the one that he sent out about Morpheus. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that, and we posted the, the the visual of our episode to YouTube like we always do. And our YouTube is back if you want to dive in. And, and this episode is on YouTube as well uh, while you're listening to this. And um, we included that discussion. And later that night, Brian, who monitors our email, got an email from Google. Yeah. Uh, the Alphabet Corporation. Letting us know that our account has been suspended due to breaking community guidelines. Not not just suspended, but suspended permanently. <laughs> they they, they <laughs> said we deleted your channel. <laughs> yeah. So so Brian appealed it, and they immediately got back to him again and said, "You've been suspended." Yeah. And the and so your appeal, Brian and take I take your appeal and shove it is what they told me. Where the sun don't shine, Michael. Now, I I think I think I can say safely that you are you like to dabble in conspiracy theories. <laughs> and and I, yes, you yes, do. It's I? fine. Yeah, yeah, you do. And and I like to think I'm a victim at all times. I like to think people are you know taking my ideas or you know I'm I'm a victim. But in this circumstance, uh, we began to see some very strange tweets uh, from people either adding us or just in general like saying things of like one person said on on Twitter before our page was taken down. They said. The Kyrie haters are going to be silenced soon. 
I was like, whoa, mm. that's intense. Then someone added us and said said something like, said something similar to that. And then when our page was taken down, they added us and said, hey, anyone notice that the at BK Glue Guys YouTube page is down? Yeah. And Brian engaged with that person. Another person, when we revealed on Twitter that our YouTube page was taken down, tweeted at us and said, maybe that's why you shouldn't be making comments about Kyrie and vaccinations. <laughs> yeah. There was, so there's a lot of that chatter out there. There's some conspiracy conspiracizing, conspiracizing to be done here, but there's nothing confirmed. Who knows what it could have been? I don't want to go out on what? The, you know, it's fun what? it's fun to think that we've been Ryan, <laughs> this is your victim complex. You explain this because yeah. I don't understand Please. this as well as yeah. you do. How would it be possible for people who don't control the page to to knock out our page in a way. What happens? What so would be the we, we have a baby YouTube channel. We have a small YouTube channel. It'd be very strange if not for a copyright flag or something like that for YouTube to just swoop in and, and nuke your channel unless it's being mass reported is my understanding. So I, it feels possible that that's what's happening. I don't want to put that <laughs> out into the universe because, well, let me just say this. Can we layer this on here before, before yeah, layer? Because, Layers. because if you, if we, if there are Kyrie fans out there who are, you know, Thinking that we are anti-Kyrie in any conceivable way, we're not. We're very pro-Nets and pro-Kyrie winning championships on the Nets. What we want is for him to come back as soon as possible so we can stack these mother-loving championships, Michael. And, you know, what I what our criticisms are that he's wasting time playing touch football in Paramus. <laughs> That's my concern. I don't like that he's – I hate waste. I hate wasted talent. And I want him to come back and play basketball as soon as possible. For me, that's getting a vaccine. I get that that's triggering for some people, but like, look, we're we're as soon as he comes back, I'm gonna be rooting for Kyrie Irving again. You know, it's, I'm, well, I'm rooting think, for him to and, do good and, things. Yeah. And we happen to point out, which we're comfortable to do, the contradictions that Kyrie seems to live when he says he wants to be the voice of the voiceless, or reportedly does so, and then he doesn't speak, and then he puts out an Instagram post about. Morpheus. Yeah. And that's it. Well, I, there's no explanation. This is also just maybe like a difference in approach to being fans of things. Like I'm a dude, I've been watching the nets since I was 10 years old or something. It, it's a pretty cynical thing to be a fan of this franchise <laughs> for that long. You get, you get like, uh, anyway, and in general, you know, I'm from, I'm an East coast guy. Like my, my, Dearest friends, I roast on a on a regular basis, and I, it's not because I dislike them; it's because I love them. So I'm roasting. I reserve Aww. the right to roast Kyrie Irving out of love because I want him to come back, and I don't want him to ruin his career over some dumb shit like this. But you know, that's 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 not out of any like not out of an angry place. I don't want anything bad for him. I want to win these chips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all love, all love. So I, all I just want to wrap up and on the YouTube thing. YouTube's back. YouTube's back. back. We got to pay. By the way. In Thank you. Yes. You guys know, I'm not going to name names, but for the people that helped and one dude in super particular who helped get us back online, super duper appreciate it. There was, yes. you know, the, the sun, amazing. the sun never sets on glue nation and we've got some power brokers <laughs> in, in the discord. So super thank you. You guys know who you are. Um, much yeah. love. Yeah. And, and I do want to say, and you said this, it is so odd and strange and unusual for a YouTube channel of our size where all we do is post the zooms of our podcast to be removed and treated in this way. So there does have to be some type of nefarious <laughs> forces out there that led to this. It's possible. And we see you mm. 
and we're not afraid. Wow. Fighting the good Brian's fight. Brian's afraid. I'm not afraid. Fighting the good fight. I am afraid. Wow. I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> so you've done it. You've successfully instilled <laughs> the fear of the Vax God in me. Um, well, let's do this. Let's yeah. do take a quick break. Coming back. News around the league. Here's a little preview of what we're going to be discussing, Brian. The New York Knicks look like straight trash. Love it. Love that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back, Ryan. Are you ready? Buckle up. The drops are back. Are you ready for... It's the news! All right, go, go. News around the league is here. Classic. Um, Classic thank you, everyone who is doing news around the league. I'm going to share my screen with Bri if you are listening to... I know. If you are listening to the podcast, uh, you could go on youtube and watch there's a visual component that we're adding to news around the league and other segments um this is news around the league brian do you see my screen i do let me adjust mine and do a little dipsy do a dipsy do a dipsy do news around the league a long-running segment where we take news around the league first off we will start off here in new york city um we discussed this a little bit on our live audio show uh, if you don't know, Eric Adams won the mayor election in New York City, and he has said some interesting things that maybe relates to the Nets, but it maybe doesn't. The big takeaway, so what Eric Adams did is he went on a press tour on the day after the election. He went on MSNBC, CNN, New York One, a whole bunch of different places. And one of the things that he was asked about was about vaccine mandates. Now, the one quote that's getting a lot of play is what he said on Morning Joe, the MSNBC program that uh, he's going to take a look at vaccine mandates. They're going to revisit vaccine mandates. Now, the question was actually about vaccine mandates regarding city workers, public municipal workers, not basketball players, not Broadway performers, but city workers. Well, the biggest NBA reporter there is, even though I work for The Athletic, I can say that Woj has a pretty big audience. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN did something very unusual, Brian. Okay. Woj tweeted out a link to a New York Post story saying, essentially, the New York Post says that Eric Adams, the mayor-elect of New York City, 
uh, says he will revisit vaccine mandates that could relate. This is what Woj is saying. That could relate to Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving, who is, you know, still out being unvaccinated is not with the team. That is very unusual. I just want to stress that is so unusual for Woj. Woj basically only tweets news that he's gotten his own stories or a few select stories from his staff at ESPN. He doesn't really go sharing good stories he's read from other news outlets, right? No. So to and and so I had I had a few things where I kind of disagreed with Woj for sharing that because, like, what Eric Adams is really talking about is like firefighters and cops who, um, you know, don't want to be vaccinated. He's not really talking about Kyrie Irving. But here is what Woj said on ESPN. Uh, on ESPN countdown leading into the Nets Hawks game last night. This is Woj on ESPN. Uh, Eric Adams, the uh, mayor elect in New York City, uh, talked today about revisiting uh, possibly January 1 when he takes over as mayor uh, the city's vaccine mandates uh, for government workers. And there's some hope, some optimism, I'm told, including around Kyrie Irving. That that revisit that revisiting may also include performers and athletes such as Kyrie Irving. Now that's two months away before he takes office on January one. The Brooklyn Nets they have been getting calls from teams uh, about Kyrie Irving, uh, about their interest in discussing trades with him. So how does this fit into the Nets timetable if Kyrie Irving is going to wait into January to see what happens? Uh, with the new mayor in New York City, how does that impact how the Nets move forward? There's a lot to watch here, Greeny. All right. Again, Woj on ESPN, and thank you at Jay Martinez BKN for that video on Twitter. <laughs> I will say that is the cadence of a person who is trying very hard to select their words carefully. That is. <laughs> that is yeah. I just want to say again. Eric Adams was talking about city workers, people that work for the government of New York who are required to get the vaccine to work in New York. Uh, sanitation workers, firefighters, teachers, everyone under the sun, right? Who works for the city of New York. He was not talking about basketball players, but it is interesting that Woj is saying that there's optimism from Kyrie's side about the mayor revisiting the vaccine mandate. Now, Eric Adams, a few weeks ago, was asked specifically about the vaccine mandate for performers like Kyrie. And our Eric Adams said that he was optimistic that the NBA and Kyrie would re reach an agreement, which is like another politician who doesn't seem to understand that it's one, it's actually Eric Adams, city that is about to, you know, that has control over that situation. Brian, there's a lot of information that I just laid out there in News Run League, and I apologize for that. I'm with it. I'm here. I'm here for it. The do anything that I said, does it open up? Is there a window that has been opened up of optimism? Is there a, a door that's been left slightly ajar from which you view um a possibility that Kyrie Irving can play for the Nets and not get vaccinated? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're reevaluating things, part of the reevaluation can be the live event space mandate. So, you know, sure. But I think the timeline is not enough time. You know, that's not like they're going to be revisiting it January 1st. And then what, how, like how soon before all that negotiation sure. is resolved. And then, I mean, by that time, this is we're talking months out. I, I want yeah. this to happen soon, Mike. I want this to be done with. 
That's a really good point. Um, the January 1st is when Eric Adams goes into office. And I don't want to get too uh, depressing, but typically viruses like coronavirus, uh, they pick up steam in the winter when people are more indoors, packed in, flu season. We saw the spikes last winter. I pray that uh, we won't have a spike in COVID cases in the winter, but let's just imagine that's probably the most likely scenario. It would be then unlikely that a politician, a newly elected politician, whilst a spike is going on, is going to come in and allow, like one of the first things that he's going to do is allow Kyrie Irving to play basketball. So even if it, even if we're trying to be optimistic here, it's probably going to take a little bit of time for that change to occur. And my concern, and it's in that Woj report, that there's optimism from Kyrie's side is what he said that the mandate could change. So I think it decreases Kyrie Irving's motivation to get vaccinated because he thinks, oh, in two months time, I'm going to be able to play and I'm not going to be vaccinated and I get the best of both worlds. I get to be unvaccinated and not play basketball. That's, I guess that's my concern about this, but there is the optimism that he'll get to play basketball. Um, I guess if you view it optimistic that there's less vaccinated people in the world, which is a weird thing to say, like, what do we, you know, yeah, we're going to get brigaded again. Yeah. I mean, better late than never. Maybe, I guess, I don't know. I, (laughs) it'll, it'll like, I'll be really interested to see what the vibe is around like his teammates and stuff when he comes back. I'm sure. I mean, he seems generally like super well liked, so I'm not, I guess I'm not that worried about it, but like, I don't know. That's a lot of time to miss just to kind of like. Be like, are you guys stoked that I didn't get vaxxed? Like, like, we all got vaxxed. Nobody cares. Like, you should have been here. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just annoying. So fine. We all, we all have to go on that, that yeah. eight-game road trip in, like, yeah. Denver and Utah. <laughs> yeah. And you've been playing flag football. <laughs> Touch football, Mike. They didn't even have the flags. It's the lowest form of recreational oh, that's even football. that's COVID. Yeah, COVID exactly. They're, they're touching it all over each other. <laughs> um yeah anyways that's that's how i'll feel i mean that's how i would feel about it just because i'm a petty a petty bitch but you know that's that's just me i can't can't speak for the rest of them can i tell you what's this is breaking the the fourth wall here a little bit uh it was like a year ago brian and i had the opportunity eric adams have you remember this i won't say who who would have allowed us to interview eric adams but we were offered a chance to interview Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams way before I think he even announced that he was running for mayor. Um, and now I'm like, huh, maybe we should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would be good to have that that's, contact at this point. That's true. We can go back. Let's go to, I mean, you know, get that far that deal. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that back going. He's he's probably got some spare time right now to, <laughs> to pop on. Um, you know. Next up on News Around the League, ding dong, the Knicks are dead. I like the ding dong versus the bing bong. Is that, did did you do that? That was me. Was that you? Wow. Welcome. You're welcome. New York post, New York daily news, Newsday. Yeah. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to steal this from the New York post, uh, headline. Knicks suffer second straight defeat and ugly loss to the Pacers. Mark Berman, of course, the post writing about this. Uh, it discusses how things are a bit shaky in Knicks land. Uh, they, they lost in a really, as he says, humiliating loss at home to Toronto. And then they allowed the Knicks or the Pacers to score the first 11 points in Wednesday's game and never got the lead again. And uh, the Knicks are now five and three on the season. The exact record that the Nets are, but Knicks uh, team, the Knicks fan base is a little scared. Brian, are you happy? 
Of course. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, like, it, it, it goes without saying that they were going to come back to Earth. I don't know what they're like. They had some outrageous three-point percentage coming into the last two games. I watched them lose to the Raptors delight, delightfully. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, like, we've talked about this as part of a, good, a healthy diet of, of basketball watching is having one team that you root for against, <laughs> you know, everybody and one team you root against, <laughs> against anybody. If the, if the Knicks play the Lakers in the finals, I'm, I'm rooting for the Lakers, which is, yes. um, that's, yes. how, that's how deep my pettiness goes. So, yeah, obviously I'm stoked on that. Um, but like, also like it had to happen. Like they, I mean, this is classic Nixian stuff. I mean, it's not classic because they actually came out of the gate, like pretty hot. No, um, and that's actually, they, that is classic because is if it? You think, yeah, I guess when right. they signed Amari Stoudemire, but they had yet to trade for Carmelo, they came out of that season really hot too. There, there's been multiple yeah. times where they started off like seven and three or something. And then they go on like a 14 game losing streak and then the coach gets fired. I don't right now. I can't say that that's going to happen here, but if you can watch on our YouTube, and I'll say this for the podcast audience, here's who their their upcoming schedule. Okay, and so if you're feeling shaky about the Knicks, now to flip out over two games is uh, that's classic Knicks knee jerk reaction. They've only lost two right. games in a row, but here's who they have coming up. They go to Milwaukee in a shaky Milwaukee team themselves on Friday. They play the Cavs at home at Philly. Home for the Bucks at the Hornets, three game home stretch, which is pretty easy. Pacers, Magic, Rockets, then at the Bulls, the surprise mm. team in the NBA. Lakers, Suns at home, at Hawks, Oof. at Nets, November thirtieth. Okay. Then okay. again, home Bulls, home Nuggets. I mean, that's a pretty tough. That that's all in a row, that, right that's there. That's all the games in a row. The oh, easiest Bulls. games are is that Magic, Rockets. Two home dates, but everything around that, yeah. those are all, I mean, the Cavs are better this year. They're more interesting this year. The Pacers are are tough. They're, they can be a tough squad. And Malcolm Brogdon maybe will be back. Karis LeVert's back. Um, I'm just portraying, there's a scenario out there, Bri, where they're like 8 and 11 coming out of that, right? And it gets, there's still like much more games after that that are hard. In December, they play the Bucks and Warriors and Celtics. Now, the Celtics are kind of blowing up, too. But there's a scenario where this magic of Kemba Walker for three games doesn't exist. Julius Randle isn't back to what he was. And it's really the Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett show. And this team is underwhelming. And the whole bing-bong energy will be ding-dong energy. It's a little more ding, ding dong. dong. Ding dong versus bing bong is great. If we can make ding dong happen in, in somewhere in Nets Twitter as a as a counter. Ding dong, the uh, Knicks are dead. To, to bing bong. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's not bad. Mike, every time we do this, I'm oh, I'm reminded of how badly I need to send you a link to an ad block. I know. I, 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 I was thinking that. Just... <laughs> Next up, who's around the league? The Silent Simmons. Ben, this is from ESPN, mm. Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, I will quote the Philadelphia 76ers are increasingly frustrated with the Ben Simmons refusal to accept organizational assistance to address his mental readiness to play sources told ESPN uh, while Simmons has been working with team doctors to treat a back ailment, which is crazy because he doesn't play basketball. He has been unwilling to meet with team doctors to discuss his mental readiness. He is in fact working with mental health professionals via the national basketball players association since the summer. Now, I bring this up mm -hmm. for this specific reason. 
the 76ers, they go from, we want Ben Simmons back. He comes back. He has a cell phone in his pocket in practice. The next day, Doc Rivers banned him from practice because he doesn't do what he wants him to do. Uh, then, then there's reports about how listless he is. And Joel Embiid comes out publicly and says, you know, I don't care about Ben Simmons at all anymore, essentially. Then they have this right. dramatic team meeting where they come out and they support Ben Simmons. And he talk, Ben Simmons talks about his mental health. And everyone, including Tobias Harris, comes out publicly and says, hey, we're supporting Ben Simmons. Now we have this report that the 76ers are upset that Simmons isn't accepting their own mental health assistance that they're willing to give. Back and forth, back and forth. Oh, Contrast Lord. that with what's happening in Brooklyn. Hmm. The Nets have only, the only thing we have ever heard, is, there's been no negative comments at all. We've heard not a single source report about how truly if the Nets, how Sean Marks feels. I'm sure he's frustrated with Kyrie Irving, but we haven't heard about it. We haven't heard about how frustrated Joe Sy may be. All we've actually heard from Joe Sy is he's been willing to give interviews where he says he's supporting Kyrie. The Nets support Kyrie, but they have, you know, they have their own system with which they have to go forward with. The Nets are handling their situation very well. And the the Sixers are a debacle. Discord all over the Atlantic Division, Michael. Celtics could could just naturally suck. Sixers are in disarray. Knicks ding dong free fall. I mean, it's delicious. And the Raptors are actually kind of spicy, you know. I'll get I'll give it to them. They're kind of playing some spicy Speaking basketball. Speaking of the Celtics, Celtics crumbling. Uh the Celtics player, this is from The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall theathletic.com slash blue guys. Get yourself Jared Vice. A Celtics player is confronting issues after team dinner preludes victory in Orlando. So already this season, um, the Celtics have had a players only meeting where uh, I guess essentially the point was, hey, you two best players, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you guys have to start actually uh, caring about other players on the team, meaning like, you know, pass Mm. the ball. Marcus Smart before they had a team meeting less than 10 games into the season, Marcus Smart said publicly, the two guys, our two best players don't pass the ball. And every team knows it. And at the end of the games, they just play defense against those two guys because they don't pass the ball. And they have the ball in their hands. Um, Bill Simmons, friend of the show, I guess, uh, said he has publicly gone on Twitter to bash this team and how much he hates this season so far and all this stuff. Um, which I think he does express a certain fan sentiment. I think we can say that. Sure. How can you not? Brian, are you happy? Of course. But I also, I mean, I got to tell you, I feel like we we called this on this show. Like the idea that the Celtics can just trot out that same core now, what, five years, four years over and have having had them pretty conspicuously crest. Yes three years ago and just continued a downward trend. Like it's going to, it's going to bottom out. You're going to get to the bottom of this thing. And here we are. I mean, like it's, I also, you know, I've long held that Jason Tatum is, is like a, like has leadership issues. His, his, in that one interview, I just deduced (laughs) a lot of um, maybe like egocentric kind of qualities that I didn't expect him to have. Um, So I'm, 
I'm again, not surprised to hear that there's like a intervention happening where it's like, dude, you are like supposed to be a leader, but you kind of suck right now. And it's annoying. Um, and having to have dinner about that is, is not surprising to me. So, um, the idea, like I, I, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but that like a bunch of people had the Celtics at third in the yeah. East and stuff. And I was just like, no fucking way. Just no way. That's I, I, I was so like, I thought I believed it because so many people had the Celtics high up in their like standings projected standings for the end of the year. I was like, okay, maybe I'm just like missing something. You know, the people were pointing to the fact that Al Horford was brought back and that Josh Richardson was on the team and they, they got Dennis Schroeder for nothing. And my feeling was Josh Richardson sucks. Like he's, he's yeah. He didn't have a good season for like, yeah. And I'm not trying to be mean, but like he hasn't, he just hasn't been that good. Uh, it's been passed around. He's he's in Landry Shamit territory. Not no disrespect to either of them, but Al, like yeah, Al Horford's yeah. older, and I you know it'd be great if he was a buyout guy and on the Nets, be excellent. He'd be Lamarcus Aldridge, but he's you know a uh, high valued, high salary dude on the Celtics. And Dennis Schroeder, his market value was what his market value was, and in fact, he's like the exact opposite kind of point guard you'd want for this team. You know the problem with this team and their players are talking about it, they don't have a true Chauncey Billups-type point guard, right? They, the person that can set up the offense, get the ball to a bunch of different people, actually elevate the role players as opposed to just focusing on Jalen and Jason. Um, yeah. They're three and five. It's early. It's concerning that Ime Udoka, who we love, big fan of him with the Nets, big fan of his presence on the sidelines during Nets games, but that the team felt like that they needed to have a players only meeting already when Adoka was partly brought in to sort of more understand the current NBA player than Brad Stevens, right? Like that was, he's a former NBA player and he was brought in to kind of fix the locker room in some way. And the locker room's just as disarrayed. And you bring up the fact that their core had crested just simply look at the amount of talent that has left that building and they've got nothing back for it, essentially. Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford had left for nothing. They got Kemba Walker and they trade Kemba Walker for an older Al Horford. You know, that is, that's a demolition of, of talent over many, many years. And Jalen and Jason are both, have been ascending and they're both better players than they were two years ago. But, there's too much talent that left that building. And yet, what's different? Danny Ainge isn't there, but Brad Stevens is. And the moves that he's made is basically to pay, you know, to pay these role players more money. Marcus Smarty gave him an extension and to bring in Josh Richardson on a deal that no one in the world thought that they should do. So, uh, am I happy? I also just, I just think like people also ignore the fact that Jalen Brown is, is very similar to Jason Tatum and that they kind of want to just take turns doing mid rangey yes. offense. Like they're kind of like smaller Carmelo Anthony's in their, <laughs> in his, in his heyday in, in New York. Um, I've often held that they've, especially like when we watched that, that playoff series last season, like I, you get, you get a special insight during a playoff series of like what's good and what's bad. But, and I just knew that that team was not going to like be able to fix these problems with, with those two guys. Like one of them has got to go. That's, that's sort of how I feel. I kind of wanted to do, so there's one other story and we're recording this and the big Robert Sarver uh, allegations of racism and misogyny story from ESPN that had been floated out two weeks ago 
uh, is out. Now, I haven't read it, so I really don't want to try to like roughshod the story. You know, it exists yeah. and yeah, let's, everyone should yeah. read it and get understand what picture they want um, about it. Um, before we go, quick look at the Eastern Conference standings. The Heat are number one seed so far, six and one on the year. Then you have a pack of teams from two to nine who have either six or five wins. And the Nets and the Knicks are in there. Um, it's the it goes Sixers, Bulls, Raptors, Nets, Wizards, Knicks, Cavaliers, and Hornets. And then right below them are the Bucks and Hawks. Uh, I think there's a lot to be to be figured out. Uh, we are just 10% of the way through the year. Uh, the Nets on the upcoming schedule. So they just went through a crucial stretch and they were, they've been looking pretty good. Um, they have a Pistons game coming up. Another great Pistons game. They're on the road for six games at Pistons, at Raptors, at Bulls, at Orlando, at New Orleans, and at the Thunder. Bry, those are some tasty, mm. delicious morsels of matchups. Maybe some wins. That's some dubs. Only, only two potential L's I see on that. In Toronto and Chicago, but be yeah, and it the it's they play Detroit on Friday, then Sunday it's at Toronto, and then right away they go to Chicago and play at a back to back. It is like a half game back to back, meaning the Sunday game's three thirty yeah. tip, and the Chicago game's an eight p.m. one. So there's a little bit, I guess there's extra distance, but that's an that's a that's quite an easy road trip. And if this team is operating at full capacity, dude, let's sweep. Just get a sweep. Let's sweep it. Let's sweep it. Ryan, going to Michigan. Going to Ohio. Our Take us out of here, Mike. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall at TheAthletic.com. If you're on Apple Podcasts, five stars. We need them. We want to have them. Our YouTube is back. You can watch YouTube's this show back. and all other episodes on our YouTube Search glue guys. What is it now? Is it just glue guys Nets pod? Or did you want to make it the SEO friendly? It's just the glue guys. Uh, the glue guys. Yeah. But I'll, you know, you, you put glue guys you podcast and, and you can't miss us. You can't uh, thank miss you all so much for listening. Um, the Nets are back. See you soon, guys. See you soon, Mike. We're out of here. Bye bye. really good um I'm looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years providing a 100 guarantee with every order from a worldwide selection of live events the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence StubHub, an official partner of the athletic